Tijuana has been a riot. I can, I can say as a dad, it's been really cool doing it with my kids and then them realizing on the weeks that they didn't do their homework, which is a lot of them, on Sunday afternoon, like, hey, we're supposed to be learning some verses. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to get, my, I gotta get my, my, uh, my badges. I got to get my little gems and different things and having them go, I want to dive into God's word. I want to I learn it and working to memorize it and helping them with this has been awesome. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The New Living Translation says it this way. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. Uh, can you put up that first picture? Um, so I just got thinking about this. Like, It's one thing to say that, but as you look at a, a lion, if you could imagine being a few feet in front of that uh, snarl, roar that he's, he's putting out, it just kind of puts this in perspective. And he says, resist him firm in the faith. And so as I was going over this, I'm like, okay, so you have... This lion, he's going around like a prowling lion. Put up the next one. This kind of just kind of shows a lion out there prowling through the grass. This is what, if you're on a trip to Africa, what you don't want to see in the grass a few feet from you. Um, as, it's, as it's prepped, as it looks like it's getting ready to, to pounce on something. And then this last picture uh, shows a lion who has something. Um, and in this, this verse, it says he wants, looking for someone to devour. To devour is to like eat completely, but it almost has the connotation of like to slurp up, to drink up, to not leave anything left. Like he is, he is wanting to completely destroy you. And a lot of times as Christians, we want to be like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I don't want to fight. And there, are, there is battles that you can like opt in. And I've got some students who, who've recently opted in and are serving in our military and we thank them for their service. But when you're in a field with a lion, there's not like an opt-in. It's not even like a draft card that comes. It's like a, you fight or you get eaten. Like there's, there's just not much for options that you have. Uh, I need, I need my volunteer. I need Oliver. Where's Oliver at? I told Oliver I was going to pick on him tonight, and he said I could do that. So you guys give a warm hand for Oliver. And all that I'm about to put Oliver through. See, for illustration purposes, Oliver is standing in for you. So just think, this is in life, this is your representative. Uh, for some of you guys, you're like, wow, I got really young. You did, okay? But this is your representative, Oliver who's standing in for you. Because the Bible says to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But we have an enemy. The Bible tells us that we have an enemy, that he goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In Ephesians 6, it says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, I got a duck too here. But, uh, but the, the Bible tells us that, that we have an enemy. Where'd those go? Shoot them again. Right. One of those things. But, but these darts that come flying at us, the Bible send, says that he's, the devil sends these, these flaming darts. These darts, the Bible tells us that the devil is a liar and that he's the father of lies. He sends darts of lies, deception, temptation, condemnation, 
He sends, sends things that tell you that you'll never measure up, that you're not good enough, that you're a failure. That if you had this different spouse, then you could be happy. If you had this different toy, if you had this different income, if you had this different thing, then if you would just take this, then that would fulfill you. And he, and he gives you all of these different things there. He just says, hey, just do this. No one will ever know. You know what? If you just do it once, it'll be okay. And then, then he'll sit here and say, well, just do it and then ask for forgiveness. And then you do it. And then he's like, you could never be forgiven. And he sends all of these different lies your way. But in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, it tells us, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So you look like a sitting duck, and luckily he missed those first two times because you're nice and skinny. But um, the Bible tells us to put on the full armor of God. Now, the first piece doesn't sound quite as glorious as it's a belt. Um, can you get this belt on here? It's a little different than you're used to. Yep, and it just popped through those holes. Hopefully, you're not too skinny and doesn't fall off. Um, but he gets us the, the, the belt of truth. And then it says that we're going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. He's going to be tired by the time that this is all over. I got to get you all suited up. You can't leave an open gap for the enemy. You don't want him to, um, to have a free shot at your chest there. It's kind of important stuff in there. All right. So, so we've got your, your chest piece on. It says, all right, well, you need, you need your, your blessed breastplate of, or chest plate of righteousness. And then we're going to go with the, your shoes of peace. So we've got some, uh, some boots for you. These have a, a very important role. So, suit up, let you get those, those boots on. I gotta try to remember to do things in order here. You got your shield of faith. Your helmet of salvation. Will this fit over your glasses? You might have to pull the glasses off there. I don't wanna accidentally smash your glasses. All right, and then you need the sword of the spirit. Now I think you're ready for an attack of the enemy. Now when, when the enemy sends his darts flying, you're ready to defend yourself. <laughs> ah, there we go. Putting that shield to some good use as, as these, these attacks are, are, are coming, but they're, they're not quite so effective. But the, the Bible says to resist him and that he'll flee from you. So why don't you give a chance at resisting him? <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> All right, he, he's running. He's, on the, he's on, the, on the run there. So, so we want to be... <laughs> Now, as a kid, you're inevitably, you hear this in Sunday school, and as a little boy, 
This is like your favorite. Because what little boy doesn't want armor? What little boy doesn't want a sword and to be a hero and to vanquish some foe? And like, I remember hearing this as a kid and being like, pick me, because they always, like, always try to suit somebody up, and most of the time they had plastic armor. I had to upgrade it. And so, but, but they, you'd get it, and you're like, yeah, I want that. And then I'm like, come on, devil, stand in front of me. I want to cut your head off. Like, you really, I, I wanted the armor. I wanted, like, divine superpower, and I wanted to have a physical battle, in which case the devil left decapitated. Like, I wanted this in front of me, but I somehow forever missed verse 12. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of, the evil, of evil in heavenly places. And in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Okay, so this was really frustrating because I had all this and I'm like, great, I have weaponry. Stand in front of me. Let me hit you with something. And then it sits here and it's like, no, we're not going to take someone's head off. And I'm like, but then what do, why do I have a sword? It's for hitting things, stabbing things and cutting them. Uh, but what I begin to understand is the picture of a battle is such a beautiful picture because it's, it's, it's accurate. It's a battle, except you didn't get to choose to be in the army. When you were born, you chose. A gazelle doesn't decide, you know what? I think I'm going to do a game with a lion today. Or you know what? No, pass. No lions for me today. I, I, I chose a lion-free day. This is my day off. Like, that, that's not an option. And in our Christian life, that's not an option. But... The problem is that when I think of this, I think of the battle as this like fighting arena out there. But as the Bible talks about it, the battlefield is actually right here. See, the battlefield is in our mind. It's not something that's way out here. It's going to happen between our ears. And so we look at this and I begin to look at some of this, this armor. I begin to look at the things, that the, the, these darts that the devil's sending at you. And going, okay, he, he's sending you a message that you're a failure. He's sending you a message that, oh, if you could only fit in with this group on the playground, if you could fit in with this group, then you'd be happy, you'd be cool, you'd be somebody. Or if you could only have the, if, if you just had this income, if you just had this job, if you just got that promotion, then you'd be somebody. But right now, you're nothing. Unless you get that, you're nothing. And he tries to make your identity in something else, in something that maybe that you could achieve instead of in who God says you are. He sits here and says that, well, you know, God wants you to be happy, so it'll be okay. You can just do this, even though I know maybe it's not what you're supposed to do, but, but God will understand. Just once won't really matter. And he begins to send all of these lies your way. And as I begin to look at this, I'm like, okay, so, so I have an enemy. The Bible says that my enemy is like a lion. So I don't have an option. I'm in the battle whether I like it or not. God gave me this armor, but it's not actual like physical armor where I get to cut his head off. So how does this work? He's going to send lies. Like, okay, so he's sending lies and my first piece of armor, uh, if, 
this fit him a little better. He could actually slide the sword into the case, but his, case? his chest plate comes down to just mid-thigh, so it's got it covered. But this belt is the belt of truth. You know how you recognize a lie? By knowing the truth. When you don't know what the truth is, you are the easiest person to lie to. But when you know, know something, that's why kids believe the stupidest things sometimes. Because someone tells them a lie and they're like, okay. You're like, no, that's not like possible in any realm of reality. But they don't understand and therefore they're easy to lie to. So he says that this first one is the belt of truth. And when I have the belt of truth, I can recognize lies. I can recognize when the devil tells me that I'm not good enough, when the devil tells me that, that these other things will fulfill me, I can recognize that these are a lie. And then he sits here and he says, well, you have this breastplate of righteousness that the devil's going to attack, but you have this, this armor over your chest. When the devil says that you are a failure, that you are a loser, that you are an adulterer, a liar, a thief, a cheat, uh, whatever it was that you once did and that God could never forgive you. You can look at it and you can go, no, 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 no. The Bible says that I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. I am not what you say I am. I'm what he says that I am. And all of a sudden the attack, because one of the devil's favorite things to attack is your identity. Because if he can attack your identity, you'll go looking for it. And if you don't know who you are, you'll fall for something when you're looking to prove who you are. And you'll, you'll see that with the temptation of Jesus. You'll see that with the temptation of Adam and Eve. And we'll get into that in a minute. But what I want you to catch is that the breastplate of righteousness is going to defend me against these. That the shoes of peace, that, that when the Bible says not to be anxious about anything, but in, in, to, to go with prayer and petition before him with everything and to give thanks, it doesn't mean that I'm never going to have a problem, but that I have a sure footing no matter what's going on around me. That no matter what the storm is that surrounds me, when I am planted on God's word, when I am planted, it gives me peace and I can stand peaceful in the middle of a storm because I know where my hope is. I know where it comes from and I can stand inside this attack. And then the shield of faith, what we receive from God is by faith. And I begin to look at this, I'm like, okay, so the devil's going to, cast all these lies at me. And he's going to say that this isn't going to work for me. And I'm going to have to go back to God's word and say, okay, no, the Bible says that by his stripes, I am healed. And I'm going to stand and I'm going to put up the shield and I'm going to extinguish the fiery darts. And when he says, well, that your marriage could never be, I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm going to be who God says I am. And I'm going to see healing and redemption and restoration because this is the God that I serve that, that is a God who redeems and restores. And I'm going to go through this and then I look and go, okay, the devil so often tries to attack our salvation. He can't take it from us, so he tries to convince us that we don't have it. You have the sword of the spirit as our offensive weapon. Okay, so I heard a message oh, when I was a kid. And the, the, this guy's talking about the belt of truth. And he's talking about how truth, how the word of God is truth. And how everything kind of you know, hung on from the belt. And then later I'm thinking, I'm like, but the, so he's using the belt for God's word, but then I know the verse that says that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And I'm like, somebody messed this up because this comes up twice. And there was this like 
I was so confused. Like, how is this possible? And then finally, like decades later, it occurred to me, all of this comes from the word of God. Like all of this is a piece of what God's word is gonna do for you because where do, I, where do I know I have righteousness? I know that I have the righteousness because God's word says so. That God's word made a promise that if I've made Jesus the Lord of my life, if I've received his forgiveness, then I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Not because I earned it, but because he gave it and shed it for me. I'd learned that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the shield of faith requires that I'm in the word of God. And I learned that that I am saved because he says, whoever calls the name of the Lord will be saved. And that if I confess with my mouth, believe in my heart, that I will be saved. So I can rest assured and I can defend against Satan lies. I know that I can have peace because I have promises that I can stand on. This is all held together because God's word is true. And all of these reflect back (coughs) on God's word. As I begin to like comprehend, I'm like, wait, so, so all of this armor actually comes from God's word. Not just the sword, but all of this rests on God's word. So that when the enemy comes, my defense is from the word of God. Now, if you go to Matthew chapter, we'll get to four in a second. Matthew chapter three, verse 17. I think it's the last verse in Matthew. Jesus just gets baptized. Jesus comes up from being baptized and a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So God, the father speaks to Jesus as he comes up from getting baptized. Chapter four opens. Jesus led by the Holy Spirit goes out into the wilderness where he's fasting. After he's been out there fasting for 40 days, it says that the enemy, that the devil came to tempt him. The devil's words, if you are the son of God, What did God just get done saying? This is my son. So Satan's first attack was his identity and God's word. But what what does Jesus do? Matthew chapter four, verse four. It is written. And so he takes this attack and he goes and he holds the word. He holds, he stands on God's word with peace. He, he swings back with the sword and goes, no, no, no. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He doesn't need to prove himself because God spoke from heaven. He had God's word and he trusted in God's word. And at each temptation there that followed, he came back with, it is written, it is written, it is written. And he used the sword to combat and to resist the enemy because Satan attacks. He loves to attack your identity. He loves to attack God's word. And when he comes at you, you have to stand on God's word. This is why we do Awana. See, the Awana is designed to help create habits. It's supposed to hide God's word in their heart, but it also creates habits where they're hiding God's word in their heart so that when the day comes, that the enemy comes, that they are prepared to resist him standing firm on God's word. And a lot of us go, that's awesome. I wish I had been in Awana years ago. It's not too late. You, know, you can't join Awana as a student. Um, if you want to volunteer, that'd be awesome. We could use a bunch more people who want to serve, but you can decide that I'm going to get in God's word. 
and I'm going to hide God's word in my heart and I'm going to let it transform me because the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you'll get God's word inside you, it will transform you, it will arm you and it will change you. A few years back, okay, a lot of years back, uh, I was actually teaching the, I don't know what grade it was at the time. We'll just say junior high. And actually, one of my leaders was in there, and one of my leaders had an issue. Um, he had an issue with his mouth. Um, he, you'd talk to him, and he'd be like, hi, my name is, and I'll just name him Bob. Hi, my name is Bob, and I talk too much. You're like, really? You're actually going to like start the conversation with that? He's like, yeah, it's just kind of a fact. If you talk to me for very long, you'll figure that out. You're like, that's true. But you'd think if you recognize it as an issue, that you'd be working on it. And I knew him for a couple of years by this point, and this had been his issue. It was like, to Mark, hi, I'm Bob, I talk too much. And you're like, okay. But I'm talking to all the students, and I said, okay, I'm gonna challenge you guys to take what God says about what you're dealing with and highlight it. Mark it. I said, go through the book of Proverbs. It's one of the it's got a lot of nuggets that are easier to understand. Sometimes people are like, I don't know how to pull this out of the verse. But when it says stuff like, even a fool's considered wise when they keep their mouth shut, you're like, mm, I know what to do with the hat. Um, you know, when words are many, sin is not absent. You're like, oh, I know that one too. And even if like, it talks about how a fool handles anger, you're like, I know what to do with that. And so I, I give this challenge to the students and I talk about how I'd kind of done some of this in my life. And as a leader, he's sitting there with the students and he's like, you know, maybe I should do that. So he started going through the book of Proverbs and it was the craziest thing because I'd known him for years and it had marked every part of him, this issue. And within 30 days of going through Proverbs, maybe it was two months, a month to two months, he's been going through Proverbs and he's just been marking every spot where it talks about how he should speak. And I'm having a conversation with him and his complete perspective on talking too much has completely changed. And when his perspective changed, his mind was renewed and the attack that the enemy had on his character and on his life was broken. And I watched it just begin to reshape him and it was, it was, it was crazy because it wasn't like he stood here and was like, I'm gonna make this massive, huge change in my life. No, he just said, you know what? I'm gonna put God's word in me. I'm gonna let it renew my mind. And when it renewed his mind, it changed what he thought. And when, how he thought changed, it changed how he lived. And when Satan came at him with attacks, it changed his response. And then this, this, this happens, but it can happen over and over again in our lives. The Bible says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And I want to challenge each of you to actually do what I challenge those students to do. I'm going to challenge you to hide some of God's word in your heart. And I'm not going to give you the chosen memory verse for the week. Sorry, you guys graduated from Res Kids. You get to pick your own memory verse. But here's the thing. If you will hide God's word in your heart, that's what all of this is made of. He said, if you'll do this, in Joshua 1, it said that it'll make your way prosperous. 
And he said that this is how we resist the enemy. This is how we renew our mind. This is how we are transformed. Whether that's going through God's word and saying, you know what? I am no longer a man who's easily angered because James 1.19 says that I should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Therefore, as a man of God, I am quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It may be you go, you know what? Job 31.1 says, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully on a young woman. It may be you go, Here, here's where I'm at. Or it may be, you know what? I'm gonna have to talk about how I talk. And I'm gonna line it up with God's word until that becomes a reality in my life. You know what? I need to, to start handling my money in a way that honors God. And over here, it says to trust God in all my ways and acknowledge him and he will direct my path. If I want my God to direct my finances, then I'm gonna have to acknowledge him in my finances. And I'm gonna get into God's word and I'm gonna do what it says until it produces fruit in my life. Because if we will honor God's word, if we will put it inside of us and let it direct us, it will produce fruit. But the Bible says that it's not those who hear, but it's those who hear and do. So when we get this in us, it can produce action. And it's not enough just to come and to hear Pastor Dwayne preach a great message. I heard phenomenal things about his message this morning, but it's not enough just to hear him speak good words. You have to put this inside of you and then we have to do it. And when we do it, it produces life. It produces fruit. And then it begins to guard your mind. It begins to guard your heart. It begins to guard your life and allows you to stand on his promises and go, no, my life will line up with God's word because God's word is going to fill me. And when it fills me, it can overflow. And when it overflows, it produces fruit in my life and it'll actually produce fruit in the lives around you. When it begins to overflow, your family cannot help. <laughs> you all right there? I feel like David in Saul's armor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit heavy, but well done. Give, give all our big hand. I think you may have locked your knees. You're in overly large boots. And that's 15 pounds of armor, 20, something like that. But it's amazing when you got issues. There you go, Oliver. Thank you very, very much. All right. When we let God's word and what it says about healing, finances, lust, gossip, fear, anxiety into our life, it transforms us, it changes us, and it, it directs our life. Romans chapter 10, verse nine, says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Uh, the band can go ahead and come back up. If you have never taken that verse to heart, if you have never called on his name, it goes on in verse 13, it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is a verse that you can stand on. This is a verse that shapes your helmet. This is God's word. And it's God's promise that you can have faith in and that you can trust in. And I want to give you an opportunity to place your trust in his word 
and to put action behind it and to do what it says. Can everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? Tonight, if you say, I want to receive God's forgiveness, I want to know that I'm right with God, I want to put that helmet of salvation on and place my trust in him, then this is an opportunity for you. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to do exactly what that verse said. One, get ready. Say, that's me. I want to make Jesus my Lord. Two, three, go ahead and raise your hands. That's me. Awesome. See a bunch of hands over here. Who else is? That's me. Awesome. All right. You can put your hands down. And we're going to say a simple prayer. We're going to confess that Jesus is Lord. So go ahead and repeat after me. Say, God, thank you for loving me. Even when I make mistakes. I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. I declare you to be Lord in my life. I choose to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Give them a really big hand. Our Awana students, you guys are dismissed to head back towards your class. They're going to follow the amazing leaders. We're going to go, yeah, give them a hand as they take off there.